We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle podcast, the aftermath episode. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest. You know him, you love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, Friday night goes down to the wire. The fourth string Broncos defense bends, then breaks. Uh, allows a touchdown plus the two-point conversion. That's all she wrote. A lot of Broncos fans, though, they weren't so much – I mean, no one likes to lose, even in a preseason game. But even the people in the, in the camp that were trying to kind of keep perspective, they were kind of bummed because Russell Wilson didn't look like an MVP on every single possession the Broncos had. And I think that's where uh, expectations are maybe a little out of whack compared to like the reality of the situation. But what was your reaction? Let's get to our gut reactions from Friday night. A little out of whack. I, you'll be hard-pressed to find a bigger Russ fan than me. I can speak for myself. And I, I, my expectations were basically what I saw. I just wanted competency. I wanted something solid. I wanted something to build off. And uh, Russell Wilson, I think, gave uh, Broncos fans that and his Broncos teammates that. When he was protected, Chad, uh, he was making good throws. He was making good decisions. There was no backbreaking rust turnover. Uh, there was no huge mental error. He looked more in command of the offense. He just didn't have the time. That was the only shade of 2022 that I saw was the offensive line, specifically Garrett Bowles. Wow, was he bad. We talked about him maybe being a cut candidate or trade candidate. If he keeps playing like that, it's going to become a reality. I mean, that's not a franchise left tackle. So it's that O-line still needs a lot of work. They're missing McGlinchey. I get that. But Ben Powers got worked on a few reps as well, Chad. When Lloyd Cushenberry looks like your best starter along the offensive line, then you know that it's still a, uh, a rebuilding project. But I thought Russ played pretty damn well. That nice touchdown to Jerry Judy, who created separation, got the Broncos on the board. Uh, I, I take what I what I, I can out of it, which is mostly positive. I, I understand like the, the knee-jerk after – I, I I attribute to the knee jerk just the seven years of of darkness and just how bad people feel like they've kind of been played, but like rip tie, you know it's all good, dude. This don't take it personal, but like what else is new, bro? The whole thing about Russ being short and balls getting tipped that's that's twelve year old news, my dog. Yeah. Um, it just so happened in that particular game, he had a couple tipped early in a game where he had a very small sample size. So it's sticking out to you more, but like what I really took encouragement from Zach is first of all, yes. Uh, Defcon, whatever situation, of O-line, like if we, if you don't see drastic improvement from the O-line on the next preseason game, we'll see how many snaps uh, Peyton opts to give them, then really start worrying about it. For now, I kind of look at it the same way. I look at everything else. Like that was the first exposure to the, refiners fire we'll say but russell wilson zach i mean the first couple of possessions it was like okay hard to tell at this point whether or not it's kind of uh the same old russ meaning the right. same kind of version of russ we saw last year or is it the o-line they're just it was it was hard to see because the the o-line was so bad and there were a couple of plays 
to be Frank Zach early on where he did hold on to the ball a beat too long. And yeah. one play in spe- uh, specifically that comes to mind where fearing pressure on his blind side from Bowles, he kind of bailed out of the pocket a little too soon and then brought pressure on himself. And you're going, man, these are tropes that are all too familiar. But then what would happen? He'd go to the sideline. Def- the Broncos defense would come on the field. they do its thing. But while he's on the sideline, Davis Webb going over the points of emphasis, Sean Payton saying, no, this, this, that, whatever. And each possession on the on the part of Russ, Zach, it got a little bit better to the point where you get to that final and fourth possession. It's like, guys, I'm not worried about it. I'm really not worried about it. Um, but if you don't see that incremental improvement from Russ in that particular game, maybe I'd be singing a different tune. But still, it's just one preseason game. And of course, people are taking the final stat line and uh, completely out of context. I think he was 7 of 13 for... 90-something yards and a touchdown, 102.7 rating. But if you look at his incompletions, Chad, you know, he had one that was a drop. He had one that should have been caught by. I know I know it was behind, uh, I think it was Troutman on the first play. Mm-hmm. Still should have caught it, though. So once again, it's skewed because of the narrative against Russ that he's not going to cook, that he's washed completely. I thought he looked like a better quarterback from what we saw last year. He, he looked like he was making smarter decisions. And most importantly, something that you just touched on, he was being actively coached up during mm-hmm. the game. They weren't waiting until it was too late. You were seeing things progress instead of regress. So yeah. I'm going to take of that uh, as a positive. Uh, David, brother, appreciate you. Great to see you tonight. Uh, jumping in early, as is your uh, way on Super Chat. So thank you, brother. Good evening, he says. Broncos country, Chad, Zach, Dylan, Deacon, Scott. His message, remember, it's just preseason. 12 and 5, MHH for life, Buckham times 3, Denver Rocks for life. Thank you, buddy. And that is a good message I think a lot of people need to take to heart. Ryan jumping in with the super chat. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you, my friend. Says, good evening, Chad, Zach, and Broncos country. I'm actually okay with how well Russ played, considering that horrible O-line debut. Uh, Denver Rocks for life, MHH for life, Buckham times 7. Yes, uh, you put it into context here. Um, guys. Well, one more from Naj. Naj, brother, uh, I'm really curious to see your thoughts here. Very generous super chat. He says, bros, love the starters playing into the second half, and Russ should have been three of four uh, scoring drives, if not for kicking. That's another thing to remember, yes. Great seeing competent coaching. VJ with no blitzes on the last drive tells me he didn't want it on tape. uh, Losses sting, and they do. One of the things that I really love to see, all right, is – Remember, this is an organization that literally needs to be taught, Zach, and relearn how to win, all right? You get out there as a first-team offense, and they exceeded that 15 to 18-snap allotment that Sean Payton you know, kind of threw out before the game as the goal. But it took till that fourth possession, and it would have been really easy, Zach, after the first two possessions even, let alone the third, with how much that O-line was allowing Russ to get hit for Peyton to just go, all right, we'll live to fight another day. Russ, come on. We're, we're bringing everybody off. Second teamers, you're on. But he didn't. Fourth possession, they actually get into the rhythm. They start moving the ball. You're going, okay. They get to that third down, and you're like, let's go, baby. Ghost from the past, once again, that specter rises of Jerry Judy's drop issues, and he drops a critical third down that, honestly, if he doesn't drop it, is a walk-in touchdown. He's going to be cruising into the end zone. And Peyton's like, that gummit, you guys. No, this isn't – we're not kicking a field goal. Our freaking kickers have already missed two. I'm <laughs> going to show you the way, y'all. You ready? We're going to find a way, make a way. It's fourth down. I don't give a flying flip. Let's go, guys. Follow me. And he calls that fourth down play. Bruss, easy move, hits Judy over the middle. Touchdown. So he's helping them exercise the demons. You know, we, we, we are called football priests. It's a lot of fun. Right now, that's actually what Sean Payton is doing in many ways, Zach, is he is a priest and he's exercising demons. And listen, if you're on that offensive line, uh, the first team, I hope you have done your uh, last rites and and you've said the Lord's Prayer because film session today or tomorrow, whatever day it was, they're probably not going to be – they're they're probably going to wish that they uh, were somewhere We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It turns out exercising demons isn't a pretty process. You know, it's pretty ugly and uh, you got to just kind of have to go through it, take the lumps and move on and uh, build off the mistakes. You know, the haters will say that Russ only looked good when the Cardinals backups came in the game. But again, if you're an unbiased observer and you watch the game film, when Russ was protected, those are the key words. When he had more than a second and a half to throw before a defender was in his face, he was making good reads. He was spreading the ball around. He was finding Cortland. He was finding Jerry. I think he looked a little more decisive. And the ball looked like it was zipping off his uh, hand a little faster than last season as well, Chad. So overall, I know it wasn't perfect. I know it wasn't a blowout. I know it took a while for them to get going, but at least they did. And that's more we can say about a lot of regular season games last season with Nathaniel Hackett. Oh, yeah. I mean, we watched a lot of bad football the last few years in Denver, and it was clear that outside of some of these competitions that are t- you know playing out before our eyes, including at kicker, you could see a much more competent on-point operation in general, Zach, including, I mean, how nice is it to see Russell Wilson in the offense break a huddle, you know, with like 24 seconds left on the clock, right? Like little things like that. Um, But I mean, look, dude, you look at how things shook out and how much Russ was getting beat up and battered and like brutalized, brutalized. And he still went seven of 13 for 93 yards and a touchdown. He still walked out of there with 102.4 rating. Why are people tripping? Why are people tripping? Chin up. Chin up on this stuff, guys. I mean, have some perspective here. Like, find the nuance a little bit. Howie, bro, going off. Big boy stars on Facebook. Really, really, really appreciate you, Howie. He says, evening, fellas. Russ had no protection. That worries me. Exactly. You want to be worried about something. Worry about this O-line because everyone thought you throw some money at it. It's a fixed issue. Apparently not. He says, that worries me. Either uh, are they fully gelled, the defense looks good, hashtag Buckham. So you've got a few things going on here, Zach, that are explainable and a couple things that are inexplicable. First of which is Mike McGlinchey injured. He wasn't out on the grass. And since he's been there, all right, he kind of has take took over as the kind of veteran, emotional leader of that starting five because of his relative experience and playing in big games and all that. Ben Powers, you could maybe argue, Zach, has seen as much winning as McGlinchey did in San Francisco, maybe, at least lately, but he's a quiet guy. He's not a guy trying to be a leader. If you've seen him at a podium, you can see that he's kind of like, just let me do my thing. Tell me what my job is. I'll do it. Let me do my thing. So you didn't have Mike McGlinchey out there. Ben Powers at left guard, high-dollar free agent acquisition, Zach, playing next to Garrett Bowles. It's a chicken or the egg situation. Was Ben Powers not looking well? because of how bad Garrett Bowles looked, not just in pass pro, Zach. I mean, in, as a run blocker, which is usually his, like, saving grace, Garrett Bowles, right, is that the calling card as a, let me go find some work run blocker. It was horrendous across uh, all the different facets of playing tackle for Bowles, and I, I have to wonder how much of that played a role in Powers because he Powers did not look like a guy that is, justifies the kind of money that the Broncos threw at him, but again, I'm not jumping the gun on that. It's one preseason game. Context. Keep it in context, guys. 
Yeah, and it's I don't want to gloat, but we said this throughout training camp, the start of it, and even up until the game, the offensive line is a positional group that it it can't gel in in dead snaps when it's controlled and it's uh, you know one v ones or nine v sevens. You have to play a real game, and even preseason is a real game. So the the gelling process, the chemistry process, it definitely takes more than one exhibition contest. It, it could probably take a quarter of the season, if we're being honest. I mean, McGlinchey didn't come into camp. He had a death in his family, came in the second week, then he got hurt. Garrett right. Bowles is coming off a leg injury. Maybe that takes a little more time. But here's the thing with Garrett, and Chad and I have never really been his biggest fans, and I think uh, justifiably so. A lot of people were encouraged about Bowles. He kind of hangs his hat on one season, that 2020 season. But in that year, the NFL, the COVID year, they were instructing offensive linemen to not, uh, or they were getting away with offensive linemen were more holding penalties. They weren't infracting them like they usually are. And that's because there was no training camp, basically. Right, and that's where Bowles benefited because that's his biggest thing is is mental miscues and breakdowns like sacks allowed or holdings or personal fouls. So it's always been good Garrett versus bad Garrett. And every time we have to hope the Broncos are getting good Garrett, Friday night was bad Garrett, big time. He was dreadful. Across the board. That's what tripped me out. That's that that's the source of my alarm when we talk about the first team offense was what the heck, Garrett? Um, PJ, what's going on, big dog? Thank you for the super chat. He says, Hey guys, O line out of sync. McMoney, Brandon McManus, probably laughing. Yes, but no need to panic yet. Thoughts on Ben DiNucci look better than the quarterback, too. Really good question. Um, he looked like an easy, smooth athlete that knew exactly what his responsibility was on a snap to snap basis. When he would drop back and throw and do his thing, it seemed effortless. It seemed easy. I was very impressed by him. And then you flip that coin over and talk about Stidham. And he was quite disjointed. He was, you know, about what you would expect to see, Zach, I think, from like a quarterback who's used to being fighting for like that third quarterback job on a roster that suddenly just got given an opportunity to be the second quarterback on a roster. And I'm hoping he shows some improvement because, you know, relative to the guy he showed us late last season with the Raiders, he looked skittish. Um, He made a couple of plays. I don't want to completely, um, you know, torpedo this cap, but Danucci, if this is the trend, you know, the next two preseason games, Danucci outshining Stidham. I mean, I know they paid him a little bit of money, nothing crazy, two years, 10 million, but like Danucci was quite good, quite good. I would say so. And if you want to make a comparison in Broncos lore, you know, uh, Stidham is Brett Rippin or Trevor Simeon, whereas Danucci is Chad Kelly. And that's what we've been saying on this podcast all along. He has the the much higher ceiling. He has that gunslinging mentality, and he just makes plays with the ball in his hand. I thought he had a tremendous game, Danucci, and I agree wholeheartedly, Chad. If he has another two consistent outings in preseason, the QB2 job could be his. Yeah, he was he was just smooth and it just seemed easy for him, which is encouraging instead of like watching quarterbacks in the orange and blue where it just seems like everything the hard way. Uh, Chris, bro, what's going on? Chris Chance is in the house. Great to see you. Been with us a long time as a super chat superstar. Appreciate you, bro. He says first game losing to them. Rebels stinks. The Sith remains strong, like Palpatine said. Good. Let the hate flow through you. Denver Broncos. Uh, for life, Lord Vader. Yes, indeed. Um, speaking of the the Sith, I mean, we got to talk a little bit, Zach, about the Cardinals. Um, definitely trying to throw shade at Russ and the Broncos on Twitter, Stupid. which they've since deleted. We'll get into that here in a minute. But Scott on Facebook, what's up, bro? Says uh, I'm not worried. It's just preseason, but the O line has to get it together. Yes, it's a big deal. Zach Streif, the pressure is on my dog. Like coming out of that. All of Sean Payton's best laid plans for the offense and for Russ crumble in upon themselves if you don't have at least average offensive line play. I mean, it was bad. RD, what's up in Canada? Good to see you. Thank you, my friend. Did any tight ends show decent blocking? I didn't notice any of them. Also, the Judy drop. Yeah, Troutman. Troutman, if you go back and watch those snaps, there's a reason. It, may, it was quite clear why he's the number one tight end on the depth chart because 
you're in a running play and you need uh, your tight end to, uh, you know, set an edge or get to the second level, he was doing those things. I didn't like he kind of had a drop, um, but then he kind of made up for it elsewhere. I think the receiving aspect of what he brings to the table, Zach, is is better than what, say, the Saints post Sean Payton gave him credit for. But it's still an aspect of his game that is going to need a little bit more development, not to a point where he's like a, a liability as a receiver when he's out there, but just not, you know, he just needs to get more in the groove. He was really good. I'll, I have to go back and maybe um, rewatch when Manhurts was on the grass, but I was stoked on Troutman. I was, he's solid. Yeah, I think for the most part, all the tight ends that saw action, even uh, Nate Adkins late in the game. Yes. Uh, did pretty well sealing off the edge. And it's a big part of the reason why the Broncos offense kind of got going in the second half to stem off some of the pressure that was being allowed off the edge. It wasn't just bowls. It was pretty much every uh, left tackle the Broncos had in there. They would run a lot of more max protect. They would keep a tight end near the line to chip or to help block. And that opened up the passing game a little more. So I agree with what Chad said. Travel looked good, but uh, overall you're starting to see the vision from the Sean Payton um, system of what tight ends have to offer and blocking is a big part of that Chad. Scott, I just want to grab this real quick from Riptide and then let's get um, Naj again, but uh, talking about the idea of Russ not being able to see over his offensive lineman, it's old news, you know, uh, he's in year 13 or year 12, year 12, etc. I get what you're saying, but here's one thing to understand, bro. He's always been short, Russell Wilson, relative to the NFL prototype, and yet for 10 years in Seattle, he made a heck of a lot of hay. Okay, flash forward to Friday night in Arizona, lots of tip balls. You were seeing in those instances, Riptide, if you cast your mind back and think about it, a lot of just straight dropbacks. Sean Payton's not showing you the whole thing. He's not going to put his best plays and the, the, the things he's got in store to get the most out of Russ in the preseason. He's going to show the most vanilla type of stuff, okay? But what you're going to see, and mark my words on this, Riptide, when you actually get to the season and the games count, you're going to see a lot of plays uh, where Russ is on the move because his relative height is a concern. It is an issue that has to kind of be accounted for. It's not an obstacle that cannot be overcome in terms of just being a dropback guy, but it is an obstacle that does in some ways limit your potential. That's why, Zach, you got to get him on the move, just like the Seattle Seahawks did for all those years. You think Sean Payton is a is a dumb man? No, he knows that. That's what you're going to be seeing here very, very soon. Trust. I was going to say, um, he's not the only quarterback. Like, newsflash, Russ isn't the only QB that has balls batted at the line of scrimmage. And then Naj comes in saying Stidham had plenty of tip balls and he's eight feet tall. It happens to everyone, but it happens more often. And, and you're right, Naj, thank you. When pressure is in your face right away after the snap. And when it comes directly up the middle, Russ can't step up in the pocket where maybe he can float the pass uh, over a defender or to his intended target. If he's throwing off his back foot because of that pressure, he loses arm strength and that leads to tip passes. So it all starts again with the O-line. Not exonerating Russ. He wasn't perfect, but no quarterback. I don't care if you're Jared Stidham, Russ, or Patrick Mahomes. If you don't have an offensive line protecting you from the edges and from the interior, you're not going to do anything. This is a good way to put it from Mr. Producer. Is Russ too short to have success in the NFL? Obviously not, because he's had a lot of success. Exactly. So that means he's not too short. Naj with a second super going off thank the top so rope. Much, wow. Yeah, dude. Thank you, bud. He says it's nuts. Broncos fans could throw in the towel after a preseason game. Come on. Team needs Broncos country to believe, stay positive, and support that team with passion and energy. As for the cards with the chirping, that's just more fuel. Yeah, so I I figured, Zach, that I should have screen capped this or at least figured out how to download the video that they tweeted. Um, but I didn't because I figured that by the time it had come to my attention, it was like a 12-hour-old post. I'm like, they haven't deleted it by now. They're not going to delete it. Wrote the article. It's been crushing all uh, weekend long. Then they delete it yesterday at some point. They delete the tweet in the face of a lot of uh, criticism from across the NFL landscape. And I'll give you the uh, I'll give you the cliff notes of what it, what was what it was in case you missed the actual tweet itself. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Cardinals tagged the Broncos and said, uh, safe travels at Broncos. And then in that tweet was a little video that someone in the Cardinals uh, uh, PR department put together. And it showed that viral video of that crazy lady that happened in real life that was on an airplane pointing down the, uh, you know, the aisle saying that mf -er isn't real or something like that. Isn't for real? Isn't real or whatever. And then their little video they made pans to a, to the back of the cabin where she's pointing and it shows Russ superimposed doing like workouts. In other words, making fun of like his knee high thing going to uh, England and whatnot. But that MF -er back there isn't real is what the Seahawks said. And or pardon me, the, the Cardinals said about Russ. And so obviously Zach over the uh, low stakes of a preseason game, it was quite poor form. It showed you really the dregs of the NFL that the, the Cardinals now are. I mean, talk about classless. Even if that was a regular season game, classless. And it showed you that this is a team, Zach, an Arizona Cardinals team, and then I'm serving this back to you. So low, all right, on the totem pole that their first preseason game, beating a five-win team from the year prior was their Super Bowl. That was their Super Bowl, dude. By one point on the final play of the game a two point conversion I'll, I'll add as well. Um, I, if I'm the Cardinals, I'm spending less time on social media and more time fixing my home field. That looked like crap for the first preseason game. Maybe I open up the purse strings a little more though. If we want to play conspiracy theorists and throw some unneeded fuel on the fire. If you remember Chad, what was the other suitor for Sean Payton reportedly in the sweepstakes? Uh, the other suitor, the Cardinals. Yeah, they're right. The Cardinals. Yeah, so, they were in there. I think that, you know, Sean Payton passing up Arizona and Arizona getting some victory over him, I think that might have played a part in that uh, that attempted flex, which is actually just pathetic and cringeworthy. But you know what? I know that it was probably the new head coach that was like, what in the heck is happening? Get this deleted. This is BS. This makes me look bad. But the problem is once you say it, once you like allow that to be put out there, then you end up just losing face by deleting it. You were you're probably best off at that point. The damage was done. Just let it yeah, be. You said it. it was the damage was done. All right. The Duchess top rope. Thank super you, We love Thank you. you. She says, here's my opinion on the game. I've been very curious to see what Michaela was going to say about this. One, the O-line was bad, especially Bulls. Two, Stidham was horrible. Uh, three, Piran was my at best. And four, Danucci showed moxie and leadership. He should be the backup. Oh, and five, Albert O was with the third stringers on his way out. And also, we need a kicker. Uh, most definitely. Most definitely. Thank you. No, a second super there. Uh, can't disagree with any of those points. The kicker situation, Zach, let's talk about that for a minute here because she brought up quite a, a few points we can sink our teeth into. But what the Sam Hill do you, go, do, you do from here relative to kicker? I'm not going to say... And I don't think they should. I, I still think moving on from McManus was the right move. I, I don't think after one preseason game, as comically bad as the Broncos kickers looked, I don't think you regret the McManus decision. It worked out for everyone in the end, or it will trust with the Broncos. I think you just have to find the right kicker, or at least have patience in the one that you think could uh, could be the long-term solution. Maher, you know, he had the... Uh, Maher, whatever. He had the yips in Dallas a little bit. Elliot Fry is unproven. He only has six career attempts. You know, these things are going to happen, especially in the first preseason game. And especially when, again, that field looked as bad as it did. And guess where it was chewed up, Chad? On, along the hash marks, right in the middle, right where the kicker likes to set up. 
I know it didn't really affect the Arizona kicker, or did it? Well, Prater missed one. Yeah, that's what I was I was thinking. I caught that after it came out of my mouth. So the field, guys, it was terribly bad, but just because the Broncos special teams didn't look 100% doesn't mean they can't get to that point. This is what preseason's for. This is what practice is for. Yeah, they're at this stage, and I got to assume that you pronounce Brett Marr Mar, just like the comedian Bill Mar, yeah. right? It's got it's it's spelled the same. I mean, unless it's one of those weird instances where Glasgow, Scotland, is pronounced by some people Graham Glasgow. Remember, like weird things like that. But I gotta assume it's it's just Mar. But my point being here, Fry showed a little bit more, not a lot more, a little bit more. And yes, kickers. You know, when you talk about less than ideal field conditions the position that's always going to be most impacted, whether it's in the hashes or outside the kicking guys, and especially when it's inside those hashes, like you talked about. So I, I think like with the Mar thing, Hey, considering like the weird funk he's in between the ears coming out of that Dallas playoff game, you gave him a shot and he showed you that he's still dealing with ghosts in his head. Something's going on. That's, that's hurting his stroke, right? Cause kicking and all that, it's very tick. It's very like stroke oriented in the same way. Anyone who's ever learned how to be a decent golfer, your swing and, and or even free throws, right? Like you're shooting as a basketball. It's stroke oriented where you kind of you have to get your thing going and you got to find that kind of Zen spot in your head. Something's going on with Mar. You can't afford to even fiddle with that. Like hit the road, invest what you have from a coaching emphasis, Zach, on Fry, who did show something. And keep your eyes peeled on that freaking waiver wire because that wasn't good. Antonio, thank you, bro. He says it's inspiring to see Coach Payton leave Russ out there until he scored. Quarterback confidence is huge. Hashtag Broncos country. And you know what? It ended up, Zach, going just two snaps over the kind of pregame limit Sean Payton threw out there, which was 15 to 18 snaps. Broncos starters, Russ played 20 snaps. I like what he did a lot. It, it shows in, in a, a roundabout way confidence. Like, listen, we're going over our allotment. We're giving you guys another series to show what you can do. This game is on NFL Network. It's nationally televised. If you don't come out with points, it signals that you can't even you know beat up against second stringers. So he wanted something to build off. He wanted some momentum. He wanted to show that the offense can get going, and they just needed a little coaching and a little you know push and and and, uh, and motivation on the sidelines. So that's what you have have now with Sean Payton you have a coach who's actually an adult a coach who knows when to challenge and when not to challenge Chad that was a spot of the foul or spot of the uh what that completion which was uh, at least a yard short I don't know what the refs were thinking with that but you just feel even in a loss even as disappointing as you guys can think the game was you see the competency factor returning to the sidelines and it is gonna come out in the wash you can't freak out from a macro perspective about a team when you're seeing second, third, fourth teamers play throughout, like people going, oh my gosh, we lost preseason game one. Like, like here's a good example too. Like Sue brings up in the chat, if our kicker made one of those field goals, we would have won. Alonzo, great to see you, my friend. Thank you for the super chat. Says uh, Alonzo, I was happy with Russ's performance, especially considering how bad the O-line was. Our D-line seems to be getting overlooked. They kept getting beat all day. Uh, not by us. D-line's been a big concern for us mm-hmm. uh, all all off-season long, and especially the, the second and third, the depth guys. But, you know, there's a few people, there's a few dudes on the depth D-line that showed out, like Matt Henningsen. I liked what I saw from him for the most part. Uh, Elijah um, Garcia. Thank you. East. I mean, balling out with a couple of sacks. Loved seeing that. But, yeah, this is uh, – and then, you know, DJ Jones getting a concussion four snaps mm-hmm. in. Um, it really illustrated Zach, the Broncos, when it comes time to like scour that waiver wire for, for upgrades over what you have D line's gotta be really, I mean, kicker D line right now are the two priorities and maybe tackle. Cause I don't think Sean Payton, he, he wasn't around for the drafting of bowls. He wasn't around for when bowls turned a corner. If he can't, he, he will not suffer the, like the typical bowl stuff that we've seen like with the mental lapses and the holding and stuff that becomes like pattern. Sean Payton is not the type to go, oh, well, 
you know, we are paying him basically 20 million a year. Let's just kind of like grin and bear it. Hope we can get through this. Nah, dude, he'll like pull the plug. They need to have another uh, backup tackle because Cam Fleming didn't look so good on Friday night either, but I saw enough from him last year to feel like, all right, if they got to turn to him as a, as a starter at tackle, he'll at least be solid. Find one more and then we'll grab Howie. Yeah, I just don't want to hitch my my hopes in the season potentially if something happens to Bowles or McGlinchey on Fleming or Isaiah Prince. It's just such an important position that you can't really gamble around with. In terms of the D-line, it was hard to get a beat on them because Mike Purcell was already out. You mentioned DJ Jones had the concussion, so it wasn't the uh, the full display of that, of that positional group. But m- my negative takeaway on defense was the tackling was mm-hmm. so leaky. A lot of arm tackles, a lot of missed tackles, a lot of missed opportunities, and you saw it on the final play of the game. They had the runner stop short of the goal line. If they would have just held, they would have won that game. But the runner just advanced his way and broke the tackles and found his way into the end zone. That has to be cleaned up. I'm not overreacting, but certain things in the preseason, Chad, you can find glimpses of – of um you know, uh, takeaways. You can find yeah. glimpses of what could be in the future. And tackling is something that you see early on. That's a lack of discipline. And that was something that plagued the Broncos defense the first time VJ was around. It has to be fixed. And, it, it, you know, we can criticize Vic Fangio uh, all day long. But one thing that he did emphasize that came out in the wash was tackling non-negotiable. Tackling yeah. was always solid with Vic. So we got to hope that uh, does improve. I agree with you. Howie. I can remember number 95's name on the D-line. I really liked his motor, always around the ball. He was a little raw. However, um, 95, isn't that uh, Henningsen? My tripping. Hold on. Stand by. Some of these newer numbers, newer, younger guys, I don't have this memorized. 95. Oh, pardon. Yeah, that was Garcia. And uh, Hennings is 91. Duh. So, yeah, he's talking Garcia's that. It's going to seem like a crazy uh, comparison, and I can't claim it. I saw it on Twitter, but I kind of have the same thought. When you watch Elijah Garcia play, the motor and the tenacity really reminds you of Derek Wolf. Just that position and the, the, his pad level and just, again, his his get off and, and fight to get to the, the ball carrier or the quarterback it's one game. I didn't know a lot about him going into this game. Didn't give him much of a chance to make the 53, but he beat his man quickly and badly, and he got to the quarterback for two nice sacks. Definitely someone to keep in mind because, as we talked about, the D-line is so wide open, anyone can step up and be that shining light. I thought it was ironic, too. We heard about why Zach Allen's rocking 99 and not 94. Aaron Patrick, who's probably not even going to make the roster, made the number uh, – put the number – at a level to buy it from him that was like Zach Allen's like, I'm not spending that when I know you're probably not going to make the roster and I can just get 94. Yeah. You know, as long as I'm a patient boy, Gary, what's up, brother. Great to see you. And by the way, Gary has joined us on the um, crap show. That is Twitter. I'm stoked to have you. I say that like it may, I just made it sound like, why did you bother joining? But that's why we need you. That's why we need the great, people in our community on Twitter because it can be such a crap show. So glad to see that you created an account, Gary. He says, Hey, Chad, Zach, Dylan, and Scott hate any loss kicking lost the game. Go Broncos and buck them. Yeah. And the final analysis, like when you say, all right, what costs the Broncos? Definitely the, the missed kicking stuff, the field goals and an extra point, right? Am I remembering extra point anyway? And then the discipline, you know, the, the final drive that the Cardinals, took allowing them to go all the way down the field and not only score but then allow the two point like so that's really what i'd boil it down to zach yeah i was gonna bring up also the final possession and i i know i get it you're intentionally vanilla you don't want to show your hand in preseason you want to save your good stuff for week one and beyond but I hate prevent defense. I, I hate playing off the ball. I hate just kind of giving up and uh, allowing the team to move down the field and score. I would have liked to see a little closure from VJ's unit, but that's what preseason's for. You know, you, you have to figure out what, what works, what doesn't, and get better. But tackling, I, it's the only time I'm going to echo something Vic Fangio said. It is absolutely non-negotiable. It has to get better. Chris Crisante, what's up, man? 
says, uh, what's up, fellas? Longtime listener, first time contributor. Welcome. Welcome Thank you, bud. Um, We're stoked to have you. He says, it's crazy how many people, including Broncos fans, are just looking for every little opportunity to rip Russ apart. I know. A lot of Broncos fans, and I'm not, I don't want to paint with too broad a strokes here, but too many Broncos fans have been uh, damaged by the losing. And uh, I think it, it has affected people in a way where um, they want to find the hole in the boat because this is something a mentor taught me. If you look for the hole in the boat long enough, you're going to find it. There's always a little hole in the boat. There's always a minor imperfection that can be blown out of proportion or it could be a bigger hole in the boat, whatever. But if you look for the hole in the boat long enough, you're going to find it. And Broncos fans, Zach, on the heels of what has been experienced the past seven years, first sign of adversity, a, a large swath of fans are going straight for the microscope to find that hole in the boat and not only find it, but then crow about it uh, from high heaven, right? Like just complain and worry. And those people, it's going to be hard to win them back. The only way to do it, though, Zach, is win ball games. You win ball games, and those boo birds and the negative Nancys and the, I mean, I think it really comes from a place of of they're traumatized and they 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 yeah. don't want to dare to believe because they don't want to get their hopes up again and then be hurt and traumatized all over again. So it's easier, Zach, to just maintain a posture of skepticism, criticism, negativity, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, if you're ever, if you're proven wrong on that and Sean Payton leads Russell Wilson and the Broncos to a nice winning season, then you go, Hey, you know, people forgetting about that, what, whatever you were saying, cause they're all focused on the, the good stuff that's happening now. So that's, that's the closest thing to an explanation I can give you. Those people live for plausible deniability. They live for confirmation bias. They can have the posture of saying, you know, Russ is washed, and the first time Russ throws a pick or has an incompletion, they'll say, see. But if Russ has a good game, they'll either say, well, it was luck, or, well, this was the reason why, or that's the reason why. So they 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 live from that perch of sitting on both sides of the fence. And I'm not trying to gatekeep any Broncos fans, but those who overreact to one preseason game or are looking for any reason to dog Russell Wilson, they're either a trolls or B they don't know ball in either case. You should just pay them no mind. Their opinions really don't matter if they want to come around, they can come around, but true Broncos fans know that it was one preseason game. True Broncos fans know and feel, and they saw for themselves that more good than bad came from it. And it definitely looks like it could be an improved product from what we saw a year ago. George, thank you, buddy. Good to see you tonight with some stars. We made a mistake with these kickers. They sucked. Hit the thumbs up. Appreciate you. Jonathan Ward jumping in with a super. Thank you, Jonathan. He says, at least we know when it's fourth and five, we won't be lining up for a 66-yard field goal like Nathaniel called. Good point, Jonathan. Good point. Um, and then Phil McLaughlin down in Tucson. What's up, bud? Appreciate you. Evening, Chad, Zach, and Deacon Scott. Well, Nick Benito and Jaquan McMillian showed promise. Powers. Uh, Bulls and the kickers looked terrible. Yeah, you know, I am moderately alarmed by the offensive line issue with the first teamers, but I'm still, it's not enough, Zach, to make me uh, sound like a hypocrite on a live broadcast and, and start telling everybody to panic about the offensive line in a preseason game where they got 20 snaps together on the grass. It's a concern. Let's see how it develops. Uh, but I'm not panicking on that yet. Howie says, besides kicking, I think our special teams look better than last year. Hashtag Buckham. Definitely more disciplined on the return side of things. And by the way, Montreal Washington yep. picking up positive yardage on punt returns. A 12 and a, I want to say it was like 19 or 20 yard return. Um, so yes, special teams definitely looking better outside of the actual field goal kickers, which look, coaches can can do the best they can, but kicking happens between the ears. So you, I guess if you're going to, if you're going to master that aspect of it as a coach, you got to be like Freud as much as you are like, you know, a great coach. 
I've been telling y'all, don't give up on Montreal quite yet. You can't teach his speed, and you can maybe salvage him in the mold of Isaiah McKenzie, and there's always room for players like that uh, in your offense and on your team. The special teams, in certain areas, they did, you know, the missed field goals, but how about when the Broncos offense, Chad, went three and out to start the game, and then Riley Dixon had a 30-yard punt, whatever it was, that had like three seconds of hang time? I was kind of wavy on Dixon coming back to begin with. The Broncos can't seem to find a good punter. They might have to keep looking at as well as kicker for a punter, too. Yeah, first punt, Dixon, 32 yards. Not good. Ryan, again, thank you, bud. Times two tonight saying, let's take a deep breath. We are coming. We will compete every week. We need that us-against-the-world mentality. Buck them all, Chiefs, Raiders, and Chargers. And, yes, I don't care that Chargers and Raiders look good in the preseason. Same thing. You know, it's like, okay, wake me up when – um, a pattern has been established. And even then, Zach, if the pattern is established in the preseason, there's you, there's so many reasons why you can't draw inferences, like overarching uh, takeaways from that. Like even if, let's say, for example, Zach, the Broncos offense basically gives you what you saw. Uh, all preseason games that Peyton chooses to play the first teamers this summer. You still couldn't go like, oh man, this old line, gosh. Because the offense that they're calling right now is like basic down the middle stuff. He's Sean Payton's waiting to, to call the things that he knows are going to be the most effective. That includes certain protections. That includes like, they're just keeping it as vanilla. Every man kind of hold up best you can. Um, and let's get some reps in. So I'm excited to see what happens in game two against the Niners. It's going to be fun. If, if y'all have ever seen like a, a video game or a movie or any sort of like uh, artistic work that's in like the beta uh, it's her, it, a point of its development, you would see it's it's so far from a finished product. You would see the the concepts and you would see the direction it's trying to go, but there's still a lot that has to be filled in. That was what. I saw from the Broncos first preseason game, you can tell the offense is going to be more efficient. They're going to be quicker to the line. They're going to get the ball out. They're going to have another good takeaway for me, Chad, a lot of boot action for Russell Wilson, getting him outside the pocket, rolling out, throwing across his body. You see, they're going to do that, but he purposely kept it vanilla. He purposely relieving in plays and called plays that he's not going to call during the regular season. It's still very much um, again, a work in progress. So don't overreact. That's all I can really say. Troy, your super chat wasn't showing up on our end for some reason, so Scott went and found it. Thank you, bud. Appreciate your patience. Hey, guys, he says, I'm out of town this week, but I wanted to say have a great show, and I hope Zach Streif gets the ship on course. Yeah, the onus falls on him, and there's, you know, as a first-time, like, full-on position coach for a team, it's going to be really easy for media to point to if the O-line fails to at least, like, answer, meet expectation, answer the bell. It's going to be easy to get for to ask Sean Payton after every game, you know, hey, do you think maybe you should have hired a more experienced O-line coach? We all know Zach Streif was a experienced player, but like da 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 da. I think it'll come out in the wash okay. The biggest thing is Garrett Bowles is Garrett Bowles, and then you add to that that he hasn't played football since week 5 against an outside opponent with true speed and true full contact since week five of last season, which is where he suffered that broken leg. So I'm hoping that, uh, you know, that was enough of like a reality check for Peyton, for Streif, for Bowles, for Powers, for everybody associated on that first team O-line to go, all right, <laughs> not good enough. All right, we got to double our efforts here, there, et cetera. Like make the most of that, that coaching emphasis, and then we'll grab Michaela. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm going on – Sean Payton's body of work in New Orleans and almost every season there, the, the saints had a top offensive line, whether top 10, top five, whatever, they were always playing good football. So I'm not going to say that he's going to go against that trend after one preseason game. Yeah. Garrett Bowles has to be a lot, a lot, a lot better. It's why I never really was his biggest fan because he's so inconsistent and he's being paid so much to perform like a franchise left tackle. That was embarrassing in a preseason game, letting your franchise quarterback get dumped like he was. You know, Mike McGlinchey has to get back in the lineup. Ben Powers has to live up to his contract as well. Uh, Quinn Miners, decent. Cushionberry looked pretty good. It's going to be a process. I'm not going to freak out, but I think it's fair to say as well, it has to change fast. That was unacceptable. 
Michaela Israel in the house. Great to see you. A bona fide super chat superstar here. She says, I'm encouraged with Russ. I saw some good things to build on. It's a preseason game. One, we need to chill. LOL. What did you think of Deller and Turner? Yell. I thought he was actually quite good. Um, if we go to uh, the box score, uh, let me go back here, show you. He produced, uh, whoop, down here. So he had two sack, uh, two tackles, pardon me, and he kind of flew around uh, a lot. I can pull up Trickle's grades, but Zach, your impressions of Deller and Turner yell. I thought, you know, given his opportunity as a backup, he played well. I thought J.L. Skinner played well. There's a lot of untapped potential in that secondary. A lot of pieces for uh, CP, Christian Parker to mold and work with. And between one of, you know, both of them, I think they're going to have a player. And, you know, the sooner they get Simmons back in the full, they start Caden Stearns full time. This safety group is really going to take shape. They have a lot of playmakers there. Yeah, I'll echo basically what. So, so. Trickle gave him a, a positive grade, not like crazy good grade, Deller and Turner yell, but a positive grade. And he said that he did well, seemed more comfortable than he was last year as a rookie. And I would overall concur with that. Want to see more, though, that's for sure. Um, okay. Mike Edel in the house. What's up, dude? Very generous of you, my dog. Thank, Thank you. you. Mike. Thank you. He says, good evening, guys. I think it's too early to panic on the offensive line. 72, Garrett Bowles. Hasn't played since game five last season. They need time to gel. Go Broncos. Hashtag Buckham. Great show. Thank you, Mike. Really appreciate that. And yeah, that's that's the a, a good reminder too. Like we're all concerned. We're all traumatized about just how bad things can get with Garrett Bowles. But let's also remember it's preseason game one. He hasn't played since week five. Like, give this a little bit uh, of time before everybody goes busting their teeth out, knee-jerking. No, I understand it's too early to panic. I'm, I'm not being knee-jerk. I'm not being reactive. It's one preseason game, yes, but Garrett Bowles is now a 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, a seventh-year pro. He's being paid like a top-five tackle. And does anyone know who was the one who whooped Garrett Bowles for one of those sacks? That would be Dennis Gardak from the Cardinals. That's not exactly an all-pro. That's not Lawrence Taylor, you know? And if he can't handle Dennis Gardak, how is Bowles going to handle Max Crosby, for example, in week one, which is coming up very, very soon? So, it's not something to press the panic button on right now, but you have to have your hand hovering over it when you consider Bowles' history like we've covered. This has been traditionally the bad side of Garrett Bowles that's reared its ugly head more often than not. And Sean Payton is just not going to be the type of coach that will just suffer it with impunity. So, yeah. And hopefully Bowles knows that. Hopefully Bowles has been made aware of that. Uh, but guys, we're about out of time. So any burning topics, if we haven't been able to get to it tonight, put them in the chat. Uh, but Albert wanted to give a shout out to the uh, Mile High Dutchie saying good evening, y'all. Great game for the Broncos, first and second teamers, even though the O-line was a bit problematic. Uh, indeed, I was mostly uh, stoked on what I saw from the ones. I mean, I liked Samaje P. Ryan. That O-line wasn't blasting open too many holes, but a nice second and third efforts at times. Yeah. He ended up having a decent uh, day at the office with very little – you know, um, touches. So Ernie, big Ern in the house, wanted to give big Ern a shout out. There were a lot of missed calls from the refs. Maybe so, my friend. Um, and then also Keith saying, how surprising was it, Zach, that Dulcich got the majority of his time late in the game and on special teams? Um, I don't think it's that surprising given Sean Payton's comments on Adam Troutman. He, he really just seems to uh, prefer him as his tight end one, at least temporarily. He just feels more comfortable uh, as a two-way player, a player that can catch but also block. And it seems like as of right now, Troutman just has way more of Payton's trust than Dulcich does. But Dulcich, like Peyton said, will get his playing time. All the tight ends are going to play, and you have to evaluate him with the rest of the players. You can't play everyone at once. So that's how I read into it. That's the thing. I mean, with the exception of Russell Wilson and guys Peyton has handpicked, uh, like Zach Allen, um, Ben Powers, Mike McGlinchey, nobody else is, is living on scholarship anymore in Denver. Yeah. Even if you're a recent pick – Sean Payton wants to see what you got. 
and he's going to expose you to the refiner's fire to, to, to come to that conclusion, whatever it may be. And Dulcich is uh, not immune to that. couple of quick comments I want to grab here, Zach, from two of our most prolific commenters on YouTube, starting with 78 Leadhead. What's up? Uh, so hard to find tackles. You know, talking about earlier, like uh, Scott saying, it's hard to find tackles, especially when you only draft one per decade. That plays a role here. Let's face it. I mean, the Broncos have had so many opportunities in the last, let's just say, five drafts uh, to add a few warm bodies to the depth chart. Um, I mean, that was one of our, Zach and I, biggest complaints. For example, this is one small instance. In the 2020 draft, after you land Jerry Judy at pick 15, and then you go and there's a couple of really good tackles that could have helped you with depth and all that. Uh, in the second round, and instead you take another wide receiver, KJ Hamler, who's done nothing for you for almost seasons in. So, yes, um, but now, Zach, you can't do anything about the fact that you haven't drafted tackles. To 78's point, tackles hard to find. When I was saying earlier in tonight's show, hey, you need to go find one more, one more, because this Bulls thing in conjunction with Mike McGlinchey being hurt, I just want like a little bit more insurance easier said than done for sure it's a very very valid point and um you know we rude that like you said in 2020 and also in uh 2022 live on location from the draft in vegas when they you know they selected nick benito they selected greg dulcich and we're looking at each other like what about a tackle you know abraham lucas would have been good charles cross would have been good those are just a couple names there are so many uh in the last five years and i believe they haven't drafted a tackle has it been since Garrett Bowles in 2017? They have not taken one singular tackle. That is dreadful. And then there's also the Broncos could have drafted Scott's boy, the six foot eight mountain of a human, uh, Spencer Brown. That that was a possibility. Um, all right, one more comment here from another great prolific commenter, uh, both in our live chats and then of course in the actual comment section on YouTube. Opethian, one thing I don't want to say later in the season is. The offense needs more time. That was a lot of us last season. It didn't show after we were eliminated and were out of the postseason. Um, yeah, I don't think – I really don't think you're going to need to fall back on that. I don't think you're going to hear that all that much, generally speaking, because um, Sean Payton is working with a quarterback in his 12th season that's been to nine Pro Bowls. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. That doesn't mean, Zach, there won't be some trial and error period. That doesn't mean there won't still be a little bit of a buffering window with which everyone gets on the same page and kind of gels, to use a more common term. But I don't think you're going to see – I don't think there's going to be a need for people covering this situation with the Broncos to say, well, just keep giving it time, guys. Like, I don't think it's going to be that. It's going to be – a lot more productive early on than people are used to seeing from the post Super Bowl 50 Broncos. Not only was this the first game of the preseason of the new regime, the Broncos offense was without Mike McGlinchey and Javante Williams, which I agree was the smart decision not to play him on that field, but it's tough to win and tough to be fully gelled when you're without two of your biggest foundational pieces so I agree, Opethian, in premise here. I don't want it to be late November and the Broncos are first starting to find their rhythm and too little too late, but it's they have to get healthy, they have to come together, and they have to be given the benefit of the doubt that Sean Payton's in charge, that what what we can glean from Russell Wilson in that game, he looks better, and once they get up to speed, starting in week one of the regular season, they're going to put a better product on the field than 2022. Uh, Phil? I appreciate that, my friend. Message me on Facebook. My wife shared something, a uh, little fundraiser of a little boy we know that's um, raising money for his, his fighting cancer. So if, you, if you're if you connected with me on Facebook, you'll, you'll have seen that. And Phil, just message me and we'll clear that up. Zach Wilson, what's up? Thank you for the stars, my friend, on Facebook. Really appreciate it. And Zach, at the 11th hour, we get a top rope uh, entrance from none other than F.A. Appreciate wow. you, bro. Thank, Thank you. And we saw you throwing down Friday night in the gut reaction, and everyone really appreciates that, my friend. And, of course, we always want to know what you think on these very important topics. He says, hello, guys. Have a great show. After the game, I'm actually encouraged. Not a popular opinion. I know, right? 
to be encouraged by anything you saw. Not a popular opinion. You have to go, why? What? What? Uh, he says, we threw the ball 25 uh, times and ran it seven times. That will not happen in the regular season. Sean Payton is using this time to see what we can and can't do, among many other subplot motivations and, and things that we have no clue about. The conversations that take place behind closed doors at, at Dove Valley in terms of how this competition is playing out, how the implementation of this particular scheme, hey, we installed on this one, and there's an aspect of this install that I don't think everyone's on the same page with. So many things that we just see it as a play taking shape, but all the subplots and the different things that are going on, we can't possibly know what they all are. You have to trust. You have to form your opinion, basically, Zach, on how much do you trust the resume of Sean Payton? Not only are they intentionally being vanilla and not showing their hand. I believe they're being purposefully, purposefully deceitful as well. So if they are not going to run the ball 25 times or throw the ball and run seven times, they're giving you an idea of what can work on offense. And I mean, that's the whole point of practice. FA, it's the same point I've been making. Chad's been making. That's why you have training camp. That's why you have the preseason. You're not going to show 31 other teams what you look like on offense, but at the same time, you want to figure out, okay, if we throw 25 times and it's above the norm, what plays out of those 25 work? What concepts out of those 25 do not work? Let's, you know, play to our strengths and eliminate our weaknesses. That again is the whole point. F.A., another one. Thank you, bro. Thank you, Seriously. Um, and then we're about out of time at F.A. Love you, big dog. He says, McGlinchey and Powers were brought here to run block. We will be okay. Have faith, Broncos country. I also believe the zero blitzes, the zero blitzes caught us off guard initially. And when they ran it again, boom, touchdown. Last year, we don't see that. Right. Um you don't normally see a lot of blitzing from opponents uh, in the preseason. And I do agree, F.A., that maybe a, at first it caught him a little off guard, even though you, sh you would say well, they shouldn't. It's a football game. They should be prepared for anything. Russ should maybe know how to recognize if a safety shading up here or whatever and all that. But that's why they played the preseason games. Remember, Sean Payton, we play tackle football. We're going to practice tackle football these repetitions and these reminders of real-world, real-life bullet scenarios, they can't be replicated outside of actually doing it. That's one of the big things Nathaniel Hackett missed the boat on last year. Sean Payton, not so much. It caught him off guard, and thank you again, F.A., so much, because the Broncos don't game plan in preseason. No team does. You, you kind of just take a general idea of the players and the matchups and go from there, and you work on your own concepts as opposed to trying to do, you know deduce other teams' concepts. So that's you know, they're going to watch the film. They're going to eliminate what didn't work in that game, but also realize that some things did and others would if you know the offensive line, for example, could have held their – held their block or the running back would have found a different hole. There's positives to build off of. That's, that's my takeaway. Most definitely. Thank you. FA last one. And then we got to go from Ronnie Ray jumping in. Thank you, Ronnie. Good to see you, my friend. Hey, Chad and Zach Broncos country missed last show, but still here, not sweating the first preseason game, but that old line needs some gelling. Go Broncos. My name's Rufus. That's the Trufus. Thank you, Ronnie. Really appreciate you big dog. And by the way, guys, before we do our little, um, Outro stuff. Tomorrow night, don't miss our show because we're going to be doing the updated August Super Chat rankings for the jersey. So there's that. That was, as usual, a tremendous, extraordinary episode of the MHH podcast. If you're not doing so, please give us a follow on Twitter at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter, as you can see, at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL. And Scott, our producer at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merchandise, like we're always rocking Buckham merchandise, anything from any of the podcasts of the website, go to mhhmerch.com and check that out for sure. Uh, if you haven't yet, be sure you're giving us a like at facebook.com slash Pod. If you're on Instagram, you can follow, find us, follow us on Insta at mile underscore high underscore huddle. 
Apple Podcasts. Make sure, guys and gals, you're leaving your football pre-save five, five five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, super important here, subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Amen to that. Uh, appreciate you guys and a uh, reminder that Broncos for breakfast back tomorrow, Monday Broncos for breakfast episodes starting again tomorrow. So look forward to that. Uh, Dylan making sure everyone understands uh, all the, all the stuff, but a shout out here to these great super chat superstars and supporters tonight, throwing down, helping us keep the lights on here at MHH, Michaela, the Duchess, uh, FA throwing down David McElrath, Ryan, Naj throwing down, uh, PJ, Chris Chances, RD, Alonzo, the GLP, that's Gary Palmer, uh, Chris Cre- uh, Criante, sorry if I butcher your name, bud, uh, Jonathan Ward, Troy, Mike Edel, uh, Ronnie Ray, Michaela Israel, uh, on, on Facebook, Howie, Scott, Antonio, George, Phil, uh, Zach Wilson, and Michaela Israel as well. Love you guys. Appreciate you. See you tomorrow. Can't wait. Have a great rest of your weekend. Great start to your week. Take care. We'll see you tomorrow night. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.